And as we've sung, Lord, that's our heart's cry. Lord, that you are above all. God, and because of what you have done, God, we thank you, Lord. God, that you have called us to go forward, God, in faith and excitement, Lord, of all that you've called us into in knowing you and your perfect gospel truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Well, this morning, this transition Sunday morning, I had the privilege of taking the offering, um, and this is just an extension of worship, uh, but I, I want to tell you that uh, for those of you that are here and not a normal part of our congregation, uh, this is a church that believes in the tithe, and, and this is not something that I'm going to take time to teach on at length, but it's something that is a biblical aspect of our walk. It's not something that we believe legalistically. We believe that the text teaches that God has poured it all out for us, and so we're not to try to overly stipulate and legalistically come up at God's word, but to say, what is the standard of love? What's, what is, when Jesus says, I am the law, I am the, the, all this fulfilled, the entire word in this man Christ, what does it mean? And so he poured it all out for us. I mean, a tenth is just a number, right? I mean, we're to sacrificially love and to go above and beyond. So with that in mind, if you prepare your tithes and offerings, I challenge you this morning to consider uh, all that's going on this morning is just, just one more step in what God's wanting to do with his church body. And, and I'll say, First John, I'm warning, it makes so clear that the testimony of the scripture, testimony of, of what it means to be in the Lord is this testimony of who Jesus Christ is. The spirit of Antichrist is simple. It's anything that does not confess Jesus Christ, Son of God, come in the flesh, that he is one with the Father, that this is God we serve. And again, we are just advancing that message. We are just proclaiming the cross of Christ. And so when you give today, you're giving here locally to the church. It extends out into the local missions that are going on. It extends overseas, around the world, and you know that you're furthering the cause of Christ. So with that being said, the ushers would come forward. You can also give online at BethelDurham.com. There's a button in the bottom right corner that says Next Steps. Give is right in the middle of that, and it can walk with you all the different ways you can give. Would you pray with me? Lord God, we thank you, Lord, that you are good. God, we thank you that you love us, Lord, and that you've done all the work already. God, we thank you, Lord, that you have given it all, God, just so that we could have the joy of giving back to you. God, so I pray this morning as each gift is given, Lord, in faith, with cheerfulness, Lord, God, that you would excite our hearts, Lord, to be able to sow into your kingdom work that grows like a mustard seed, steadily. And God, we know that nothing will conquer you because you are the victor above all. You have already conquered death, hell, and the grave, so there's nothing too far from you. We pray, Lord, that you would go forward today, Lord, from this seed, Lord, that would go into this plate in Durham, in this local body, and as an extension, Lord, for the furthest of your gospel around the world. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So this morning, I just have a few brief announcements uh, and want to say, uh, again, this exciting day of, we've been calling it Transition Sunday. It's good to see so many of you. It's good to have our president of the fellowship, President Steve Holder, here with us. Um, it's an exciting time for our church. With so many things going on, I want to make sure that those of you that 
maybe have been here for some time, but, but maybe not long enough to be receiving our emails, be sure that you see someone about giving an email to get important notices. All of the important, just prayer requests and any kind of activity that you'll need to know about here at the church, that goes out via email. And so we'd love to make sure that you're on that list. Of course, you can find out things online on the website, but anything that's of true importance that would be specific for the body, often that's not going to be found anywhere online. You'll need to be on the email list. So just make sure you see Ms. Teresa, myself, anyone uh, that you can to make sure that that gets to an important spot so Teresa can send out those notices. Also, we're in a season of prayer and fasting, and I hope that is going well for you all. Uh, we're doing 21 days this first uh, segment of the year, just seeking God, right? Many of you have different things that you might be seeking God uh, in regards to, but of course, this entire church is just seeking that, that God's will will be done with this entire transition, with, with all of our lives, with all of our work and ministry. And I want you to know that any of you that filled out a Connect card last Sunday, we, we had specific prayer requests that we mentioned in regard to our Friday night prayer, where you can have a prayer request put out and have the prayer warriors. We'd love for you to come on Friday night, seven o'clock, but those that are here, we had a good attendance Friday night, and they were multiple people that prayed for your prayer request. And if you have not filled out one of those and you would like to grab a Connect card on the back of the view pocket, you can write right there on the back, let someone know what it is you would love for this congregation to join you with in prayer. Of course, the Connect card themselves is a helpful way to be on that email list if you are someone that's new or want to connect with our church. But make sure, please, that you do uh, be aware of the email address piece and then the prayer request during this season. Also, I was really asked to stress, and I'm glad that everyone's still in here, uh, this Wednesday night we're starting at 6.30. So that's an adjustment. I'll just say it again. This Wednesday night we're starting at 6.30. There will be food. There will be a taco bar. So we're starting this Wednesday night at 6.30. <laughs> Come have a taco, assuming that's okay with your fast, and if not, you, you know, however you need to work that out. But... We're going to be watching The Chosen. Over the next eight weeks, we're going to be seeing the first season of The Chosen. It's going to be a time for us to come together. Really, last Wednesday night was amazing as well in the fact that our youth came in here and, and we got to all kind of interact together. And so seeing that intergenerational connection, I mean, I think that's really what, where discipleship has to start, right? And so I'd love to see a little bit of that fostered back here the next eight weeks. Uh, and so come out, watch some of The Chosen. Uh, I had not watched any of The Chosen until very recently, and I promise you it is it is worth it. It is powerful. It is gripping. Uh, there'll be time to discuss. That's why we're starting at 6.30. The whole thing's not a show. We're, we're discussing it at the conclusion, uh, and you'll see emails about this to this effect, but 6.30 this week. And also, just as a aside, just to make sure that you're aware of this, next Sunday is Sanctity of Life Sunday. Uh, PSS will be here, so we'll have pregnancy support services who we've supported on off for a while. Uh, Pastor Don was actually on the board for years. Um, they will be here next week for Sanctity of Life Sunday, so be aware of that. And before I turn it over to Ms. Carroll, I would like to just uh, say and testify to the legacy. Um, I'm not going to say too much because I don't get emotional, but the last decade, it's, it's, there's such an understatement. There's no way to communicate how foundational, like just the what's happened um, from God placing, you know, people together and the fact that I came here when I did Pastor Don and Miss Carroll have been instrumental in my life. I know they've touched so many of yours. And so I just want to say thank you, Miss Carroll. Um, been like a second mom. So there's no way to, you know, there's no way to really give that justice with words to what they have meant, not just to me, but to so many, because you know that they are heart people, that they connect. Um, and so I think the value of that cannot be overstated. God bless you.
Good morning, church. I am standing here today on behalf of Pastor Don Westbrook, who will be transitioning uh, into another position at Bethel Christian Center, and I'm speaking on his behalf today. First of all, there's so many of you that are so concerned about me personally, and that's just such a blessing to know that it's Pastor Don that's going through the the issues, but it's Miss Carol that's doing the caregiving. So I just want to say to you, I want to thank you all for all your concerns for me personally, but I just want to tell you that I'm doing fine. And the reason I'm doing fine is because I've had those God moments that I just have to share one with you as I open today. On Friday, I was just rather devastated and I was tired and I just had to get to the Friday night prayer. So I arrived rather late um, because of all the issues of my life. And I walked in the door and sat down in my seat. And when I did, Mercy Me was singing Word of God Speak. And the next line that, were, that he said was, May I rest in your holiness. And when that happened, the Holy Spirit came over me. And I can tell you that there was an awesome rest that moved over me. That's what is keeping me. And I want to encourage every one of you, when you're going through tough times, rely on the moving of the Holy Spirit to give you those God moments that you just cannot explain, but it's very real. And I thank God for it. I am doing fine. Thank you, Jesus. Today, Pastor Don and I will pass the baton of leadership to interim Pastor Larry Smith. God has divinely placed a great leadership team at Bethel, and Pastor Don and I will step into a new role as Pastor Emeritus. Pastor Larry Smith, Pastor Don and I will stand by your side. Hold up your arms as Aaron and Hur did for Moses. There's a beautiful story in Exodus 17 about this kind of leadership. And in verse 9, Moses said to Joshua, Choose some of our men and go out to fight. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. Pastor Larry Smith Don and I will stand on the top of the hill with the staff of God in our hands. Then in verse 10, it says, So Moses, Aaron, and Ur went to the top of the hill, and as long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. And when Moses' hands grew tired, they took up a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and her held up his hands, one on one side and one on the other, so that the hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcome. As long as we hold your hands, Larry, we will win the battles. And I'm sure we'll have some battles to overcome, but we will stand as one. As we transition, church, into a new era for Bethel, I would like to ask for your support in the transition and that you pray for Pastor Don and I as we transition 
and for Pastor Larry Smith and the leadership team as they step into new roles. Pastor Don is recovering from a fall he experienced on December 17th, and his recovery is very slow, but he is progressing. In his absence today, I'll read a pastoral transition letter that Pastor Don asked me to share with you on his behalf. <clears throat> this letter is to inform you that I have been led by the Holy Spirit to step down as your senior pastor, effective January the 8th, 2023. While this has been a difficult decision, it is one with which I am at peace. As a result of much prayer and in consultation with my family and our very supportive leadership team. 54 years ago, this coming February, when I answered the call to serve as the senior pastor of this wonderful church, I answered that call that had pulled at me since I was nine years old. Needless to say, I did not plan for such a long tenure, but I was able to do this with the help of the Lord, with a wife that provided strength, wisdom, and faithfulness second to none. I was also surrounded by leaders of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. And today, I will hand the baton over to Larry Smith, a man that God has chosen to lead this church in transition. Pastor Smith is well qualified to be senior pastor of Bethel Christian Center. I have tried my best to run a good race with my eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith. Now I'm at that point where I'm growing older and have increased health challenges that would impede my ongoing effectiveness as your pastor. With this notice of transition, the church will pursue guidance from the Holy Spirit and from Pastor Larry Smith and Bethel's leadership team and at the appropriate time take steps in calling a new senior pastor in accordance with the detailed process spelled out in Bethel's pastoral transition plan approved by the church in 2018. In conclusion, I'm reminded of Paul's farewell words to the Ephesian elders in Acts 20, wherein he said, I have served the Lord with great humility, and I have tried to do likewise. Carol and I will continue to seek the Lord in preparing the next chapter in our lives. I encourage you to continue the good works, ministering to the hopeless, caring for the sick and shut-in, and continue to be a church with qualities of the church in the book of Acts. My brothers and sisters, whom I love so dearly, and he does, do not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season you will reap if you faint not. God is still blessing Bethel, and as it is written, eyes has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the human heart the things which God has prepared for those who love him. I will tell you that there will be uh, available to you as you leave, if you would like it, a copy of Pastor's Transition Letter. Good morning. 
I'm Steve Holder, president of the Fellowship Network, and uh, also family. And uh, it is an honor to come and share in this special moment. Um, so many special memories that I cherish. Uh, and, you know, Calvin Coolidge said, no person was ever honored for what he received. Honor has been the reward for what he gave. And I want to change that a little bit. Honor has been the reward for what they gave. Uh, Pastor Don and Pastor Carol and Felicia and Neil and the entire family have given their life to this ministry and to this church. And uh, it is indeed an honor to be a part of this. Uh, on Thanksgiving morning, um, of course, you know, Thanksgiving, you, you rise up and you watch the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade and, and you prepare yourself for uh, thanking God that you're not the turkey that day. Amen. And uh, you begin to prepare yourself for the meal. And I, I had my phone with me and, and I looked down and it was uh, vibrating. I, I had it on, you know, trying to be very, you know, uh, I guess... Uh, into the moment rather than having my ringer on. But uh, I looked and it was Pastor Don's name on my phone. His, his number is registered and his contact is registered. So I saw Don Westbrook uh, come up on my phone and I immediately took the call. Uh, I, I felt like he was either calling to wish me happy Thanksgiving uh, or, you know, of course, when you get a call like that on a holiday, you maybe think, you know, that something has, has transpired or happened and you're concerned. On the other end of the voice, he said, uh, Steve, I want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving and, and um, I want to tell you it's time. And uh, it's time for me to uh, transition officially and I want you to come and share in this special occasion and handle the install, uh, installment of, of Pastor Larry Smith as the interim pastor. And I said, Pastor Don, I'd be more than honored to do that. And, um, and so we're here today. So my responsibility today is twofold. One is to bring honor to Pastor Don and Pastor Carol and their family. And also to uh, do an official installation of Pastor Larry Smith, along with his wife, Tammy, into the leadership role as lead pastors of Bethel Christian Center. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 14, I want to read one verse of Scripture, short verse of Scripture, and my comments will be brief. The Scripture says, of course, we know Ecclesiastes 3 is talking about a time to be born, a time to die, a time for all things. There, every season, there's a time for uh, everything that God has created. It's all within the, you know, within the parameters of time. And so, upon those statements, here's what the wonderful writer of Ecclesiastes says in verse 14. I perceived that whatever God does endures forever. Come on, amen? Whatever God does. I believe God has done this. God built this church. This is not my church. It's not the Westbrook's church. It's not the Smith's church. This is his church. 
And Jesus said, I will build it and the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Amen? And uh, I like to say it like Buzz Lightyear. We're going to infinity and beyond. Praise God. Amen? And so he said, I perceive that whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it, nor anything taken from it. God has done it. And God is doing it. And it's so that the people, he ends it with this statement, so that the people will worship him. Amen? And that's why we're here. That's why God built this place. It's a place of his habitation. Amen? Where he dwells and we come and we worship. Because when we praise him, he inhabits the praises of his people. So I I honor Pastor Don and Pastor Carol. When I was a young minister, uh, Pastor Don gave me opportunities uh, to come and preach over on Main Street when you were still on Main Street. And um, when I was in Bible college, I sang with a, a quartet called Heritage and Sound. And we had an acronym. We were called HIS, H-I-S, Heritage and Sound. Pastor Don allowed us to come and, and sing and uh, received an offering for us young Bible college students. And we were able to apply that to our tuition and help us to get through college without having to have a, a student loan uh, forgiveness. Amen. And uh, so God was faithful and Pastor Don was a part of that faithfulness in giving us the opportunity to come and preach. And, and then, of course, we've had the privilege that he's invited us to speak here as well in this beautiful auditorium. And we were able to be a part of when you were meeting in the fellowship hall before this building was ever built. And uh, just so many great accomplishments. Pastor Don and Carol have not only pastored a church, they've pastored the city. They've pastored the community. And may I also add that as the Fellowship Network, uh, representing them as president of this wonderful fellowship that we've been a part of for many, many years, Pastor Don is the longest serving executive board member of the Fellowship Network. He's still, the, still active, still the chairman of the education committee, and he's the longest serving member for some 40 years and uh, as an executive board member of the Fellowship Network. I mean, that within itself deserves an applause. Wow. <clears throat> so many other accomplishments I know uh, with the Durham Prayer Ministry and and his other serving on other committees and boards. And as I said, he's not just been a pastor to this church, he's been a pastor to the entire community and city and region. And then globally, reaching out to other countries of the nation. I'll never forget my first uh, journey across the Atlantic to, uh, to Great Britain, to England. Uh, pastor Don and Pastor Carol, we were all on that, that trip together. It was Sharon and I's first time. In 2005, we've traveled together. We've, we've uh, seen some great accomplishments and great victories. We've been through some difficult times, I know. But God is always faithful. And uh, we honor them. And uh, we just continue that culture of honor. The Bible says that Jesus wanted to perform so many miracles in Nazareth where he grew up. 
because he had seen all the needs. When you grow up somewhere, you know how people suffer. You know where the needs are. And he had seen so many needs. And he wanted to do more miracles in Nazareth. But the Bible says that he was not honored in his hometown. They couldn't get past that he was Joseph's boy. They couldn't get past that he was just the carpenter's son. And uh, so Jesus moved his ministry headquarters to Capernaum and did many miracles throughout Capernaum. But the reason why those miracles weren't performed in Nazareth was because of a lack of honor. And so I don't believe that you can err on giving enough honor to Pastor Don and Pastor Carol. And in the days to come, let there just be a culture of just increased honor in their life. You can't bless them enough. You can't give them, uh, you know, enough accolades and uh, celebrations. And so as the days come, you know, a transition is, is like a rubber band. I got a little rubber band here. A transition is like a rubber band. It's not much good whenever it's just kind of limp and just laying there. But transition's a time of stretching. You begin to stretch. And in transition, sometimes there's tension. Sometimes there's awkwardness. Believe me, I've been in a transition at my church. Uh, I passed the baton to a young man that I raised up in our church in October of 2020. And so we began that transition three years before that. So I'm five years now into my transition, very close to similar to yours. And it's a time of stretching. But you know what? That stretch allows you to be launched. Amen. That was pretty good. I could never do that twice. That has to be only God. God has done it. <laughs> How do you know that God wants to launch us into a, a new era, a new season, a new chapter? I called Pastor Don before we came in here this, this morning, and he told me on the phone, he said, I am going to be Pastor Larry Smith's biggest cheerleader. I'm going to be his best church member. What an attitude. Amen. During this time of stretching, you're going to be launched because of the right culture, the culture of honor. We're going to look forward to living in the present. We've got to live today. Amen. Today's the day of salvation. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now faith. Today faith. The evidence of things unseen. The past is going to be referenced, but that's all it is. It's a place of reference. The past is never a place of residence. You can't go back to yesterday. We can't change yesterday. But we can do something about tomorrow by the decisions we make today. Amen? So we're going to live in the present. We're going to live today. And the future is going to be inspired with fresh ideas, innovation, change, stretching. You're going to be stretched. Just like Jesus the Holy Spirit stretched Peter when he was up on the rooftop in Joppa, when he was struggling with God giving the first presentation on a media screen with animation and telling Peter to kill and eat. And Peter had to go to that movie three different times. 
and, and before he got the message. But he finally got the message that God was transitioning him because he wanted him to take the gospel to Cornelius' house, who was a Gentile, an Italian. Praise God that the gospel went to us, the Gentile world. And, but it was during transition that he was stretched. And so it inspires the future with vision. You know, the only worse thing than being blind is having sight but no vision. You know who said that? Helen Keller, a blind lady. She said, the only worse thing than being blind is having sight but no vision. Thank God for the vision of this house. Thank God for the vision that has been cast here and the vision that is going to take you into the future. And you guys, I applaud you. I applaud Pastor Don, Pastor Carol, and this wonderful opportunity we have to install Pastor Larry Smith as interim pastor. Larry was born and raised in Durham. He graduated from Northern Durham High School in 1984. He graduated from Campbell University in May of 1988. Go Camels. With a bachelor's degree in government, he joined the Durham Police Department in May of 1988, where he worked for 28 years until his retirement in July of 2016. Larry can tell us some stories. He worked in several divisions and at several ranks throughout his career, and he retired as interim chief of police. He married his wife, Tammy, on April the 1st, 1989, and he married up. One thing we have in common, Larry. We both married up, brother. They have two sons, Hayden and uh, his wife, Layla and Colin. Wife, Madison, and two grandsons, Augie and Nash. Larry came to know Christ as a young teenager at East Durham Church of God, where he was baptized. He later attended Evangel Assembly of God. Larry and his family began attending Bethel Christian Center in 1996. He was licensed as a minister with the Fellowship Network and ordained on April the 8th, 2018. He has served as the administrative pastor and vice president of the board here at Bethel and in many ministry roles at the church. And he currently serves as a volunteer chaplain with the Billy Graham Rapid Response Team. So that's a little bit about Larry. And so... <clears throat> I'm going to share a couple of scriptures and I'm going to ask Larry and Tammy if they will come and stand here beside me. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12 through 16, and we'll begin the official ceremony. Set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Attend to the public reading of scripture, to exhorting, to teaching, do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you through prophecy with the laying on of hands by the council of elders. Put these things into practice. Devote yourselves to them so that all may see your progress. Pay close attention to yourself and to your teaching. Continue in these things, for in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear. In the Amplified Version in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, So I, Paul, the prisoner for the Lord, appeal to you to live a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called. 
That is to live a life that exhibits godly character, moral courage, personal integrity, and mature behavior. A life that expresses gratitude to God for your salvation. And then a final reading in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 through 20. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I will be with you always, even unto the end of the age. That scripture right there, knowing that He is with you through every decision, through every challenge, through every victory, through every celebration, the good, the bad, and the ugly, all of it, He's with you. He's with us. And He said He'd never leave us, and He'd never forsake us. Praise God. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Larry, Pastor Larry, Tammy, you're not perfect. And let me announce that to this congregation. As close as they are, they're not perfect. And perfection theology does not need to be placed on them as a burden. They need to be allowed, be allowed to be who God created them to be. Flaws and all. Amen? And be supportive. And uh, prayerful. Always praying for them and their families. Because when you enter into a leadership roles such as this, and I, and I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but it, it's not only you taking on this responsibility, but the entire family takes a part in the responsibilities. So love this family, not just the pastors. Just like Pastor Carol and Pastor Don. Love Felicia and Neil. Love them. Love them to life. Just Wrap your arms around them. Embrace them. You can't show enough affection and affirmation to a pastor and his family. Sometimes it's a lonely role. And uh, sometimes it's you want to get alone. <laughs> but even in those moments and those times, knowing that you have support, knowing that you have friends. So I encourage you as a church, I encourage you to continue to Give them the prayerful support and affirmation. Let them know. Let me tell you something. After you preach a sermon, after you preach a message, let me tell you, the enemy is going to be right there to tell you all of your mistakes, all of your flaws. So come up behind and rebuke the enemy, rebuke the devil, and come up to him and say, Hey, I appreciate your application of the word today. I appreciate your putting the effort, the energy into preparing it and getting it ready. Amen? And uh, let's continue to be affirming. I know you are, but I just want to encourage you. Amen? And uh, praise God. So we will now at this time, Larry Smith, in the presence of this assembly, will you commit yourself to this new trust and responsibility as pastor of Bethel Christian Center in the confidence that comes from God through the call of the Lord Jesus Christ. I will. Praise God. Will you preach and teach in accordance 
with the Holy Scriptures, with the Bible, and the beliefs of Bethel Christian Center, will you carry out this ministry in harmony with the constitutions and the bylaws of Bethel Christian Center? I will. Will you be diligent in your study of the Bible and in your use of the means of grace? Will you love, serve, and pray for God's people, nourish them with the Word and the Bible, and lead them by your own example in faithful service and in holy living? I will. One more. Will you give faithful witness in the world that God's love may be known in all that you do? I will. Amen. Praise God. All right. Almighty God, who has given you the will to do these things, graciously give you the strength and compassion to perform them. Amen. Now, people of God, Bethel Christian Center family, will you receive Larry Smith, his wife Tammy, as messengers of Jesus Christ, sent to serve you with the gospel of hope, and salvation, will you regard him as a servant of Christ and a steward of the Word of God? Will you pray for him? Pray for them? Help them? Honor them for their work's sake? In all things, strive to live together in the peace and the unity of Christ. Bethel Christian Center, Will you, by standing to your feet, express your commitment of Pastor Larry Smith as your newly installed lead pastor? Amen. Would you join with me by stretching your hands and any of the leadership that would uh, like to uh, just come and stand here in the front, any of the board or leaders, and stretch your hands towards leadership. Pastor Larry. You please feel, feel free. Feel, feel like you want to come forward. Yeah. Feel free. Absolutely. And we're just going to anoint him with oil. Jesus. Pray over him. Tammy, I'm going to anoint you. Praise God. Our gracious Heavenly Father. You are the one who orchestrates and only you can ordain moments like these. We're just here as instruments and vessels surrendered unto you. And I thank you for this servant of God. I thank you, God, for his heart. I thank you, Lord, for his integrity, his character. Lord, and I thank you for the confidence that you're giving him now. Knowing, Lord, that you are with him. That you have given him this blessing to move into this area of leadership. And I thank you, God, that you're going to anoint him anew and afresh. Words will flow out of him, and he'll say, where did that come from? That was only the wisdom that comes from above. I thank you, Lord, that you're going to give him patience. You're going to give him insights, discernment. He's going to know the direction. Even whenever the ways begin to rise, God, you're going to give him the insight where to find safe harbor. I thank you, God, that you're anointing him now. In Jesus' name, souls will be added to the kingdom. People will be influenced 
into the kingdom of God through his leadership. And I thank you for the legacy that he stands upon the shoulders of Pastor Don and Carol. And Lord, because he's standing on their shoulders, he has a vantage point. He can see things. And I thank you, God, for the wells that have been dug here that we're now going to be able to enjoy drinking the water. The water of life. I thank you, Lord, even now as we anoint him in, as lead pastor of Bethel Christian Center, yes. we pray yes. this in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, yes. and in the name of the yes. Holy Ghost. Yes. Amen. 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 Praise God. It's all good. I introduce Pastor Larry Smith. I introduce to you your pastor, Pastor Larry Smith, and his wife, Tammy. God bless you. Love you guys. You can be seated. Thank you so much. Man, that's humbling. <laughs> and, and it's a bit surreal, quite frankly, but, but it is humbling. And so, Steve, thank you so much for coming today and doing this. I've known your family for many years now. I still remember the youth camps that your church and our church and um, Brad Wiggs Church did and got to know you and your kids. And just you have a legacy of faith in your family as well. So thank you so much for being here. Uh, so earlier in the week, I was not feeling too well, and um, Brother Dan sent an email or text to my wife, and she said, look, how's Larry feeling? She said, well, he's feeling much better, and he said, well, we need him there Sunday, and let's make sure that, you know, you bring him all nice and dressed up. And uh, Tammy said, well, I was going to bring him in a pair of shorts and a uh, wife beater, and uh, so I don't know what she's trying to do to me. Maybe she's trying to sabotage me from, from the get-go, so... But that, that's an image you won't get out of your head for the rest of the day is me and a pair of cutoffs and a wife beater. So you can take that with you for the rest of the day. Sister Carol, I echo what uh, Michael said. You and Brother Don have been spiritual mothers and fathers to me. I love you. I have a tremendous amount of respect for you. And we always will. And I want to tell you that it is my commitment uh, to continue honoring you and Pastor Don and all the work and the legacy that's been started at this church. The Bible tells us to give honor to whom honor is due, and you are worthy. You and Pastor Don are worthy of that honor. And had you been in the uh, board meeting when we first began to talk about this transition last time, if there was any one place that every board member in that place was unified in, it was that we honor you and Pastor Don and the legacy that you have set here. And I can tell you that that will continue under my leadership, and it will continue under the leadership of the next pastor of this church. So we love you and we appreciate you uh, in so, for so much. Um, and we're excited to see how God's going to continue to use you. It is just a transition time for you. Uh, I, I, I want you to relax in it. I want you and Pastor Don to relax. The, the pressures of pastoring a church are now off your shoulders. And now you just get to love people and do what you love doing. And it's interesting, just in the couple weeks that I've been here kind of doing this already, and even as an executive pastor, you think, I think, Brother Steve, Pastor Don, we, they think we get up here and just preach on Sunday morning, and that's it. I wish it was. It's not quite that easy just this week. We've already had to deal with retaining wall problems and this problem, that problem, and budgets and all these things. And all those are part of pastoring a church. And so enjoy it. This is your season to enjoy it and to enjoy the fruits of your labor. Uh, to my friends uh, here that did not, do not attend here, thank you for coming. 
Uh, Chris and Ken McKeel are here. I thank you for being here. My, my last-minute friends, we, we'll call them last minute and say, hey, let's go eat dinner within the next 15 minutes. And, and they're there, and they're our beach friends. And uh, Chris has been a good friend to me. We often eat lunch, and many times our conversations end up on things of the Lord. And we all need friends like that. So I want to thank them for being here. Uh, for my family that's here, all of my family's here. If, my family, if you're my family, if you'll just stand up so we can see you and recognize my brother, my son, my sister-in-law, brother-in-law, my dad, his wife, my wife. Um, just thank you. I, I, for being here and being a part of my life uh, and the, the, how you have influenced my life in so many ways. And I'll be talking a little bit more about that. To my friends in the police department who are here, if, you, sir, if we serve together in the police department, if you'll stand up. So come on now, don't be scared. <laughs> Chief Lopez, thank you for being here. Uh, it's an honor to have you here. You know, I, this is, I grew up in that police department. I was a 22-year-old, wet behind the ear, ready to save the world guy, and went out there, and God in his sovereignty set me with people like this who helped me to grow up. And I have, they have been a tremendous part of my life. Nate and Steve are here. They were my first patrol squad. These guys are more like brothers than they are, just friends. And you've had a big impact in my life. Mark Sykes is here. We grew up together, third grade, third grade together we grew up together, so... We got some stories we could tell about each other that we'd rather not tell, but um, he's been a good friend to me, and he's also been a brother in the Lord for, for the last many, many years. And we have literally trusted each other with our very lives. I've been in situations with these men where I, it was not a good situation, but I knew no matter what happened, they were there with me. And I think about that on the, as, a, as a church family, that's how it should be. That no matter what happens, no matter what I face, when I've been in this church and I've faced some challenges of life like all of you have, but I know my brothers and sisters in the Lord are with me, and it matters. We were not meant really to do anything alone, certainly to be followers of the Lord. To my Bethel family, this is where I grew up spiritually. I'll share a little bit uh, later about how God led me here, but many of you here have and are still having a big, big impact in my life. But I also have to remember those who have already gone on before, who have been part of the legacy along with Pastor Don and Sister Carol to, to build this church, to build this ministry, and that were faithful for so long. I think about men like Morris Westbrook, who every time I would come in, Morris Westbrook would be like, there's my buddy. He was just an encourager. And he always had something encouraging to say. And then there's Junius Westbrook, pastor's brother, a man who much of his life, he was addicted to alcohol, but he came down and he surrendered his life to Christ. And God delivered him from that, and he became a giant of what Christ can do in deliverance and a powerful witness for Jesus Christ. Junius wasn't a big man in stature, but he was a huge man spiritually. And I remember Junius this morning, and I also remember Johnny Blake. Johnny Blake was the standard of faithfulness to Christ and to this church. And I stand here on those men's shoulders. I stand on the shoulders of Pastor Don, and our church remembers their faithfulness. However, many of you here today have been faithful to me in my spiritual growth just by watching you walk through the challenges of life. Many of you have walked through physical sickness, financial problems, family problems, and you remain faithful in your walk to the Lord and to this fellowship. 
Without a doubt, it shows spiritual maturity when you stay committed to a body of believers, even when it's not going like you think it should or something is not to your liking. That really shows maturity. Today is my installation as pastor of this church, but Bethel is much more than the lead pastor. It's about a church as a collective body, how we support each other, and how we walk through this journey of faith. It's going to be hard at transition at time to a new pastor and to a new generation. But Bethel, how we do this will tell a lot about who we are as brothers and sisters in the Lord. And I'm not concerned about it. I, maybe I should be more ups- Maybe I should be more concerned about this. Maybe I should be more anxious about it, but I'm really not, quite frankly. I'm excited about the future of this church. I am. I'm excited about what God's going to do because he's been faithful to here. we got a legacy of faithfulness. Pastor Don, 54 years of faithfulness. That's the, that's the legacy here, and it's going to continue. It'll just be a different generation. It'll be a different. The way I do things will be different from Pastor Don. The way the next pastor will do things from Pastor Don. A lot of things may change. Music styles, all these things may change. But the faithfulness won't. So it's going to require us all to be humble. It's going to require us all maybe at times to maybe say, well, I'm not a particularly big fan of that, but it's not about me. It's not about me. It's been said that who God calls, he equips. And I certainly hope that is true because I've never felt less equipped for anything in my life or more hesitancy. I've been in a lot of leadership roles, but this is different. Spiritual leadership is different because there's spiritual warfare in it. However, when I think about that and I think about my hesitancy, I realize that when I look at the scriptures that I'm in pretty good company. I think about Moses when he was called by God and what his first response was, which was honestly when Pastor Don spoke to me at first, and we kind of knew this day would come, but even still when it did arise and he said, Larry, are you ready? I wanted to say, "Uh uh-uh, send somebody else. And that's what Moses said. He said, send somebody? I don't speak that well. You know, can't you just send somebody else? And in my flesh, that's how I felt. But I knew that wasn't the answer. I knew in the Holy Spirit's leading that wasn't what God wanted me to do. But I also knew this that God sent him an Aaron. God sent him someone to help him. And there's a lot of Aaron's in this church. There's been a lot of Aaron's in this church, and there'll continue to be a lot of Aaron's in this church. And then also, after he did lead those children of Israel out and the, and the leadership responsibilities that come with that, and Sister Carol already mentioned this already, but his father-in-law, Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, Jethro, came to him and said, Moses, you don't need to try to do this by yourself because we can't do it by ourselves, and I won't do this by myself. But this is what he said in Exodus 18 and 21. He said, Moreover, you shall select from all the people able men, such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and place such over them to be rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens. And I'm going to tell you, within this church, Bethel Christian Center, there are men and women who meet that exact criteria. Able men and women that fear God, that are of truth, that they hate covetousness. And their parts are in the right place. And so I thank God for that. That there's people here that are going to help pastor this church. And always has been. But in our leadership that is here today, certainly that meet that criteria. And then I think about Jonah. God called Jonah. He said, Jonah, I want you to go and preach to the Ninevites. And he didn't like those people. Because they were ruthless people. And they'd been enemies of Israel. And so Jonah said, okay. And he got in a boat. And he went in the opposite direction. And you know what happened? You know the story. They threw him overboard and he ended up in the belly of a fish. 
I think there can be discipline when God is leading you to do something and you just say, God, I just don't want to do it. And then there's Christ. And then there's Christ. He didn't want to go to a cross. He prayed in that garden of Gethsemane. He said, "If this Lord, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. But he said, not my will, but your will. And in that example, he gave a servant leadership. He told his disciples, you want to be great, you must be a servant. And being in a leadership role is never about power. It's never about, you know, being the one in charge. It is about being a servant. And it's about serving and loving people. And Pastor Don has done that for 54 years, and I continue to do that. You know, it's been joked about. We live, we live in a world of titles. We live in a world of titles. And we've already had some fun. Some people have asked me, said, well, Larry, what do you want to be called? Now, I've been reluctant to say, well, just call me anything you want, because I know how some of you folks are. So I was like, I don't know if I want to say that or not. So I said, uh, you know, I really don't care. I'm Larry, Brother Larry, and I still am. I, when I get up in the morning, I'm going to put on my pants one leg at a time, just like you do. And I'm going to face the same challenges that you're going to face. I'm going to have the same hopes and desires, struggles, sins that you have. His brother, thank you, Brother Steve, because we're not perfect. Tammy's a whole lot closer than I am, but I can tell you I'm not perfect. And I won't be perfect. None of us are going to be perfect. That's the message of the gospel, that there's a God that loves us even though we're not perfect. But we've had some fun with that because when I asked about that, I said, you know, I think your highness has a pretty good ring to it. Why don't we go with that? And so I've already been called your highness by a couple people, even got a Christmas card to us, to your highness. And so, uh, you know what I find interesting is that we, we really do get into titles, but every one of the earliest apostles, now when they wrote their books, they did say an apostle of Jesus Christ, but they also said this, I'm a servant of Jesus Christ, a servant these are the men who walk with the Lord. This is those who walked on the water. These are those who saw the miracles. They won't puffed up. They won't, hey, I'm the apostle. You bow down. And I, no, no, no. I'm a servant of Jesus Christ. And that's how every person who's a follower of the Lord should see themselves. It would solve a lot of problems in the church today if we saw ourselves that way. As a servant of Jesus Christ and a servant of one another. But the reality is, is that God has called us all to something. And many times it's outside of our comfort zone. It won't be outside your ability, but it will be outside your comfort zone. And God has certainly called me to something right now that is outside of my comfort zone. But when Paul was struggling with things that had him outside his comfort zone, had a thorn in his flesh, nobody really knows what that was. Was it a physical infirmity? Was it something that Paul struggled with? I think that was on purpose. And he prayed three times. He said, God, how about take this thing away from me? I don't want to deal with it anymore. And God said this to him. My grace is sufficient for you, and my power is made perfect in your weakness. And so God's grace is sufficient for me, it's sufficient for you, and it'll be made perfect in your weakness and in my weakness. But when I think, when I think about it, and I do look back on my life, I see the hand of God and how he has prepared me for this time. You know, the scriptures say that the steps of a righteous man are ordered by God. I have a hard time with that scripture, only because of that term righteous man. Because that every time I hear that and say that, I'm like, well, that doesn't apply to me because I'm not a righteous man. But I want you to understand that if you've come this morning, if you've surrendered yourself to Christ, you've repented of your sin, you've put your trust in Him and made Him the Lord of your life, an exchange took place. He took your sin and He gave you His righteousness. 
Not because of anything you've done, not because you earned it, not because you've been too bad or too good, because an exchange took place on that cross. And so because of that, I can call myself a righteous man. You call yourself a righteous woman, man, but it's in the righteousness of Christ that we can do that. And because of that, he says, my steps and your steps are honored, honored, ordered by God. And so when I look back on my life and I think about my life, and it's oftentimes, you know, I wish God would do something right. God, can you tell me what you're doing right now? It typically is not how it works. But it's not till you look back 5, 10, 20 years that you see God directing your life and you didn't know it. But you know it at the time when you need to know it. And so a couple things. First, uh, my mom and dad. My mother's passed on. My dad is here. My mom got breast cancer as a young woman, 30 years old. And uh, it was in there that a Church of God preacher by the name of Paul Baynard went up and prayed with my mom and dad. And they surrendered their self to Christ. And that's when we began going to church. And that's as a 13-year-old boy where I was saved in the Church of God and baptized. And it was there that I was given this foundation of faith. And the journey, the walk has been up and down some. But the foundation was always there. Even where my, when my life wasn't where it needed to be, the foundation was there. And that's why it's important for you as parents and grandparents to give your children that foundation. They might run away from it for a while, but he never runs away from them. And so that foundation was with me. And I always had a tender heart towards God. No matter where I was, I, if it was something I knew I even shouldn't be doing, I was always conscious of that. God was always with me. And then there's my wife. You know, we, we, we tell young people today, listen, you need to find a woman who loves God first, a godly woman, and that's good counsel and we'll always give it. But I've got to tell you, as an 18-year-old young man, that really wasn't in my mind at that time. I, I, I kind of just wanted a woman I thought was pretty. And it was fun to be with. And, and, and God sent me one of them, but he also sent me a woman who had a foundation in faith. He placed her in my path without me even knowing what it was going to mean to me in the future. And then there's my career of 28 years of law enforcement. Nothing will prepare you and, and help you in dealing with people more than 28 years of law enforcement in Durham. Yes, we have some stories, don't we? And we still get together and we share those stories from time to time. Tammy would also often say that when there was Christmas office parties, that the nurses and the doctors, their stories weren't too much fun. But when she came to the police Christmas gatherings, boy, the stories were good stories. Because dealing with people is interesting. And, you know, there's a lot of similarities between law enforcement and pastoring. As a matter of fact, I bumped into a NC State professor uh, at an event I was at one time, and he, and he was a sociology professor, and he said when they give personality tests, that there's a lot of similarities between those people who go into ministry and go into law enforcement or to be a first responder. And I think, it's, I think it's because it's a calling and I think it's because it's a heart for people. Now, the heart for people kind of cuts both ways. There's been times I love them and then there's times they just drive me crazy. But I imagine that Brother Steve, Pastor Don could tell you the same thing. So there's a lot of similarities between them. And, and also that I can tell you in 28 years, I never had someone call 911 and say, I just want you to know that everything's going great in my life today. I didn't need anything in particular. Just things are going great. I just wanted you to know it. That's not why they call 911. 
They call 911 because there's a crisis. They want to, there's been a wreck. I've been hurt. Something's happened. Brother Ralph with the emergency chaplains is here. Ralph, thank you so much for your ministry to first responders. And uh, that's why they call. And Brother Steve, Pastor Don, Pastor Steve, same with you. Most of the time when someone calls Sister Carol, I've been diagnosed. I've lost my job. Something's happened to my children. And that's a burden that you bear and it's a burden that you carry. Yeah, there's weddings and there's baby dedications. But most of the time you bear the burdens and you try to give people hope and encouragement in a time of crisis. There is one difference, though. There does reach a point in law enforcement when they just won't do right with you. You either break out the pepper spray or you break out the taser and the handcuffs and you just end it right then. Um, so if you all come in one Sunday and I've got pepper spray and handcuffs up here, it's about to get real up in here. I just want you to know that. No, we won't do that, but I imagine if I were to ask Pastor Don and Sister Carol and Pastor Steve and Sister Sharon, they'd probably say, it's been some times I wanted to do that. So, so it's, it's prepared me. And then there are the events that led me to Bethel. And I thought about Matt, Brother Matt Fisher's statement this morning on the praise team, and it's in my notes, is that, and so it's a confirmation that God knew from the foundation of the earth, which is pretty incredible, but that's the God we serve. He knew in the year, uh, end of year of 2022, in the beginning of 2023, his faithful servant, Don Westbrook, would need someone to help take the church and transition it. And so when he walked me into this church around 1996, he already had all that stuff worked out. And, and, but the events that led me here is I grew up in Church of God. I, we were at the Evangelist Assembly of God, and that, that's out off Lynn Road near, on the Raleigh side of Durham. And God was beginning to deal with me, Larry, it's time for you to come home. It's time for you to come back to the call I have in your life. My children were being born. I didn't want to be one of those do-as-I-say, not-as-I-do dads. And God was dealing with me. And so in that, we begin to search. We visited a lot of churches. And it just so happened that Teresa, who is now my dad's wife, by the way, interestingly enough, she was attending church here. She bumped into my mother and she said, you should tell them to come to Bethel. And we came here, and Tammy and I, the moment we walked out, we said, we believe this is going to be the church for us. But it was the first time. And so we began to attend here and to attend here. And after about three years, we joined here. And then in about six years, I still remember Pastor Don saying, Larry, would you consider opening, doing the openings and the preliminaries? And at first, I was like, I don't know if I feel comfortable with that or not. I don't belong up in a pulpit. But I did, and he began to push me, and he began to challenge me. And so this is where God led us, and this is where we've been for 20-plus years, where we raised our kids here. And then lastly, the last two things is about three years before I retired. And I, I have always had a desire for God's Word after I got saved in order to read it and study it. But about three years before I retired, it became an insatiable. It was like Jeremiah. It was shut up in my bones. I couldn't read it enough, study it enough. And so I began to read and study and read and study, and I, joined, I took a, a, a series of online classes over at the seminary over in Wake Forest and finished that course of study. When I'm working out, when everybody else is listening to music, I'm usually listening to preachers. And that only comes from just this desire for God's Word that He placed in my heart. I don't have a seminary degree. I don't have that, and that, that's part of what makes me feel inadequate for this. But I, every time I say that, I think about in Acts when the people who did have the seminary degrees, 
Look at how much these men, these early apostles, these untrained, they said, who are these ordinary unschooled men? They didn't know all the things that the Sadducees and the rabbis knew then, but they said, but they took note that they had been with Jesus. And I want to spend some time with him, and I'm going to spend some time with him and let him speak into my heart as I'm studying his word. And I've been doing that, but he gave me this insatiable desire for his word. And then lastly, about three months before I was going to retire, it wasn't uncommon for me to stop by the church and, and come in and just see what was going on. And I parked my car underneath the carport at the back, and I was walking across the fellowship hall, and I could take you to the spot where it happened. Now, God's never spoken to me audibly. I wish he would, but he can impress very strongly into your spirit. And there was a spot there, and I was walking across. Because and, 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 I was like everyone else. I was like, God, what, what's next for me? I mean, I'm, I'm 50. I'm about to retire. What do you want? There was job offers. I didn't want to do that anyway. But one, one thing I felt in my spirit was keep your life flexible. I need you to keep your life flexible. And so I did that. But he spoke directly into my spirit, and he said, this is where you belong. That's all I got. I was like, okay, well, what does that mean? Do you want me to cut the grass? Do you want me to be the janitor? What you want? But sometimes he don't give us everything. He expects us to function on faith. And I said, okay, God, this is where I'll stay. And so here we are now. And so I know and I feel confident, although there's a sense of inadequacy, I know that God has set me here for such a time as this with a group of people that I love, a group of people who have helped grow me up in the Lord and still will. I want to leave, leave you with this. If there's any one scripture that I think sums up where I'm at and how I feel about all this, it's found in 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5. Paul has written a letter to the church at Corinth, and this is what he told them. He said, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come to you with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I've determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of the power. That your faith, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. I can commit four things to you, Bethel, out of that. I'll be the, I will not be the best preacher you've ever heard to be the best theologian. I won't have a problem if you come up to me and say, Larry, you got that one all wrong. As long as you love me and support me, and like Brother Steve said, and I can tell you, I've already experienced that when I've preached up here before and got done and thought, that was terrible. That just did not go off like I expected it to. It's not preparing a message and delivering it is very hard work. But it's not about me and me being a great orator and a great spirit. It's about the power of God. He can take the worst message in the world and speak into your heart if you're willing to listen to him. I will keep myself, my messages focused on Jesus Christ, the truth of his word and the salvation he alone provides. The truth of his word used to be a given in a church. It's not given anymore. And we stood right here at this last Pastoral Appreciation Sunday in October as leaders of this church, and we committed to Pastor Don Westbrook that the future of this church, that we would hold fast to the truth of God's Word. And it is under attack like it's never been under before, but Bethel Christian Center will stand that God's Word is true. I do this with a reverent fear knowing from the book of James that those who teach will be held more accountable. 
And I understand that it's not fancy words or great oration that draws people to Christ, but it is the Spirit and the power of God. It is my honor to stand here as your pastor. To say that still sounds weird to me. It will always stay weird. But whatever you decide to call me is up to you. My name is Larry, and I've been amongst you for 26 years, and it's my honor to be able to take this ministry that Pastor Don and Sister Carol has built, prepare it for the transition that it's going to go through, and I'll be relying on each of you to be a part of that. God bless you. Let me pray. Actually, what I'd like, I'd like for everyone in the building to stand. Let's all stand. I'm going to ask Matt and the praise team to come forward. I know we've got some visitors here from another church, and so momentarily Brother Dan's going to come up and he's going to end. We, we Here at this church, you know, when I was looking for another church, one of the things that's a must-have for me, a non-negotiable, is the altar. I have to have the altar. And we have that here in the way we finish our services and is that we gather around this altar. We come up close and we pray and we ask folks. And I want to ask you, if you're here today and you don't know Christ as your Savior, you don't know what that means, come see me in that foyer before you leave. Let's talk. See Pastor Steve. See Sister Carol. It's the most important decision you'll ever make. Because what I want to do more than anything with each of you is spend eternity with you. That's what I want to do with you. But I also want to tell you that the walk through life can be a whole lot better if you walk through it with him. But we end around our altar. We believe in the prayer agreement. Because how many of you know people have needs? We have needs right here. Those needs have been shared on those prayer cards that we're praying over on Friday night. People have needs. And we believe God meets needs. And so that's how we end. I'm going to end with a prayer. And Brother Dan's going to come up. If you're here, and maybe you're new to our church, but you've, you've got a need, and you said, you know, I really would like somebody to gather with me. When, they, when we start to gather up front, we ain't going to do nothing crazy, okay? I know sometimes people come into a church like ours, and they're like, whoa, what are they about to do up in there? We, we ain't going to do nothing crazy, I promise. Well, I don't know if I should promise that or not, Danny. I don't know what God decides to do, but I don't want to limit him. But um, all we do is pray and lay our hands on each other and say, what are you dealing with today? Well, I'm, 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 I'm struggling with the illness. My son has got an addiction. My, you know, I've lost my job. I, that, you, you know, all of you out there have them. And we just believe that there's power in the prayer of agreement. And we'll never compromise that either. And that the Holy Spirit still can do miracles. We do our part and we leave his part to him. He, he's got his part. You believe me that. He's got his part. So I just want to pray. Uh, and then as I finish this prayer... If you're here and you, you need to leave, that's fine. Me and Tammy are going to step out into the foyer. And Brother Dan's going to come up and, 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 and lead the altar time. But don't go if you don't want to go. I hope you'll stay. And I hope you'll be ministered to. But if you say, thank you, Larry, I wanted to come and be a part of this. But I need to leave. Then, then you can go and we'll meet you in the foyer. Lord, I thank you, God, for first of all, for the legacy that's here. A legacy of faith. A legacy of trust in you. And Lord, Steve has put his hands on me, and I went by and saw Pastor Don yesterday and asked him to put his hands on me to transfer that mantle. And I ask God for your anointing and your blessing. And I thank you for this body of believers and for the friends that I have here, for the support that I have here. There's people here that love me, and I love them. And we thank you, God, that that love is grounded in you. And we thank you, Lord, that as we know you and we walk through life with you, 
for our brothers and sisters that know you, we will live eternally together with you. And that's the message we want to share. That you, Lord, you gave your life. You gave your life for sinful man. And now you said, just come. Come to me. Repent. Follow me. And it'll be the greatest thing you've done, we've ever done. We're resistant to it sometimes. It gets us out of our comfort zone. But Lord, as, as Billy Graham said, he's never met a man who came to Christ that regretted it. So thank you for this church. Thank you for the legacy here, God. And I thank you for the honor to lead it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Pastor Larry. As uh, Pastor Smith alluded to at the beginning of his comments, and Ecclesiastes says for every time, for, for everything there is a season. And I draw upon that change is inevitable. But I draw also upon the common cliche that the more things change, the more they stay the same. And here at Bethel, what's going to stay the same is that we're still going to lay hands on people. We're still going to come about the altar and pray. And if you have needs, you'll come up, uh, up and, and we'll lay hands and pray with you. And if you don't, we ask you to come also and pray, help us pray for people. I feel very led for one special prayer. If Sister Carol would come up, and as she transitions, she says, transition is tough. And I want Neil to come in and stand for pastor. And Pastor uh, Smith, if, if you would, uh, I'm sorry, Pastor Steve, if you would come, and Sister Sharon, lay hands on them as they transition in. Pastor, as Larry and Tammy come in and uh, transition in, they're transitioning out. When there's a relay race, the man in front, Larry, prepares and he starts running and he holds his hands out and Pastor Don says, stick. Larry takes the, and, he, and he starts running and all the focus is on him. But in a relay race, if you look back, the one that passed the stick is left panting, trying to recover. We're with you, Sister Carol. We're with you, Pastor Don. You're special to us. So at this time, as we end in prayer, I want them to pray for Pastor and for Sister Carol. And I want the rest of us to come. And if you have a special need, I want you to, to, to come with our prayer warriors. I want Sister Judy to come. She has a special need. If you, the Claytons, wouldn't pray with her and let her express her need, the rest of you come. Please come to the altar. We'll end up in prayer. Hallelujah. is calling have you come to the end of yourself hallelujah 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 for the dream your heavenly father I thank you Jesus Jesus is calling oh come to the altar the father's arms are open wide 
leave behind your regrets and mistakes. Come today, there's no reason to wait. Jesus is calling. Bring your sorrows and trade them for joy. From the ashes, a new life is born. Jesus is calling. If you have a need, if you have a special need, if you raise your hand, the prayer warriors will come around you and, and pray for you. We won't delay this. We will, there's a prayer. Some ladies will come and pray for Anna. Hallelujah. Anybody else? Don't leave here without being prayed for. As Pastor Don would always say, I know you want your chicken leg, but it'll wait. Can somebody pray for Larry Smith Sr. here? Hallelujah. As ministry has been done at the altar, I know you have fellowship. We ask that you take the fellowship as I dismiss you in a prayer. Please fellowship out in the fellowship area. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus upon your people. Let them go with new resolve, Father, that you have sent them into the world. And let them go and make disciples. In the name of Jesus, I pray grace upon them. Amen.